0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. How about we spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Ah, We'll talk a little bit about uh, motherhood. I know you're surprised as I am. Uh, let's see, what else? we can talk business. We're going to talk business today. That'll be fun. A uh, little traffic safety issues, that kind of thing. we got a, we got a full slate of topics for you today on the show, and it should be fun. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us today. As always, thanks for spending a little bit of time on your radio at Information 1000 KSOO, streamed live at KSO.com, KSO mobile app. You got to get that. You got to get the KSO mobile app. If you don't have it, people, you don't know what you're missing. So get on your little phone there, go to your app store, type in KSOO. It's pretty easy. Shows up there, and then you download it. It's free. And you can get uh, one touch streaming, so you can listen to the show anytime. Well, anytime we're on, and uh, all the other fine offerings here on KSO, including the the Main Street Cafe. I was going to call it the Morning Cafe, but it's on in the morning from 5 to 8 with uh, Chad McKenzie and Beth Warden. It's a fine, fine program, and uh, you can get that on KSO's app as well. Remember, we are on Facebook Live most of the time and our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. You know, we got talking yesterday about, uh, Dan, the the radio karaoke, and uh, I didn't even get to talk about uh, the lovely weekend. It was, it was just fantastic weekend. Did you get to do anything like other than like yard work and that sort of thing?
1: Actually, I played golf. Golf? And it was raining for hey. about most of the time that I was what? playing golf. Yes. When was that? That was Saturday morning.
0: Hmm. Saturday morning.
1: It was in a place was... where there, there might've been some rain here in Sioux Falls, but down in the Scotland area. Ah, Find Scotland, South Dakota. In the northern edge of Bonham County. A little bit of rain. It was, there were so many stops and starts to this. It was basically one long intermittent shower for about, from about nine till about maybe 1230 in the afternoon. Do
0: you have your umbrella? Oh, no. Oh, just playing, just playing wet golf, huh? At
1: the, well, I can tell, I can tell there's, um, the shoes. A little musty? Yeah, they are a little musty. (laughs) There is, Don't
0: you got some of them fancy golf spikes?
1: No. Oh. I only play four times a year. Why would I need to go buy golf
0: spikes? Yeah, how'd you hit them?
1: You know, this is always my golf game. There's always good shots. There's always bad shots. You just don't know the timing and the frequency of each. (laughs) Try and minimize.
0: It's all about minimizing the bad shots, right?
1: Yeah, there, there are times where I blistered it off the box, and then I... My my big thing is I just – my approach shots are, are very rarely good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other problem when it's wet like that, you get no carry. You know what I mean? You get no roll.
1: No, you got to – yeah, you got to club stops. up a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Muscle it up there. Well, that sounds fun. Golf is fun even when it's a little bit rainy. I don't mind playing in the rain. I don't like playing in the wind. Nobody does. But if you don't play golf in the wind, you don't play golf, right?
1: Yeah, and it was a tournament too. So Ooh. we were – how many – I think we were da, 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 da. I think we were about three strokes out of the money. Ah in our flight.
0: Dang it. What's the what was the event? Fundraiser? Just hang out kind Actually, of. Actually it
1: was a fundraiser. It yeah. was for uh for a guy who was um, very instrumental in developing the Scotland golf program and he oh. passed away a few years oh. ago. So they are, they're raising money for the Scotland high school golfing team.
0: Well that's pretty cool. The Scotties, right? The Scotland yes. Scotties?
1: Actually they are the Highlanders. Oh,
0: how close? <laughs> it's it's Scotland themed, the Highlanders. You see that movie, The Highlander?
1: Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah,
0: James Connery, right? James, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. James Connolly is the Irish rebel. Sean Connery is the actor, and it's great. There can be only one Highlander. I love that movie. Uh, anyway, do they wear like little kilts and such when they play?
1: No, no, no. It's, they're they're more hip than that. <laughs>
0: That would be pretty hip if the Scotland golf team, Scotland Highlanders, would wear, you know, like traditional garb. Or at least like, you know, the high socks and the knickers.
1: And their school fight song is very unique because it sounds like it's being played in the bagpipe style. (laughs) Really? It's
0: pretty good. Oh, yeah. So did they have to have that commissioned? Or is that something out of the Highlands itself?
1: I Really yeah. couldn't tell you. I just, we just had to play it for when they came to town in high school.
0: Oh, sure. You had to learn the other team's song.
1: Oh, yeah. Did it have a name? Do you remember? It was it a Scotland no. fight song? Yeah, the Scotland fight song.
0: Well, they probably wrote it themselves. These things happen.
1: I may have to look up on the uh, activities website because yeah, it little, may be on there.
0: A little bit of a Scotland-South Dakota trivia for you. You know, I don't think I've ever been to Scotland. So it's very near like, uh, let's see, northern Bonham County you're in the uh, not Freeman area, right? Not yeah, you go. I well, went
1: past Freeman on the way there. Yeah,
0: but it's well. Like, what's the what's the biggest town next to Scotland?
1: You've got Tyndall to the south. Oh, sure. You've got Minnow to the e okay. to the east. Okay, I've been and to, then trip to the west.
0: I've been to uh, I've been to Tyndall on tour, Dakota, and I think Minnow. So we were very close, but I don't think we ever went through uh, Scotland.
1: Probably no reason on to on that no.
0: Well, you know, you go to these small towns, and if they've got a paved road into them, it's all right. But sometimes that wasn't always possible. Tyndall, the old Tyndall Tabor days, you know, check dead kolaches and everything else. That was a good stop. Oh, yeah. So always, always like going to Tyndall and Tabor. Uh, now, see, now, again, I'm way off.
1: Yeah. What? So what did you I, do over I the went weekend? Wrong,
0: on Saturday, we went to, uh, I was going to talk about this because uh, the, the state parks, all right, our state parks are amazing. And I, I always forget. So I go to Good Earth State Park now quite a bit because it's so close to town and the Big Sioux Rec area, which is a state park. And there's also uh, uh, Newton Hills, of course, uh, Lake Vermilion. um, um, But we went down and ran with a bunch of people at Union Grove State Park. And I have not been there in a long time. It's right down in Union County. It's not that far. And wow, what a lovely place that is. Just a little slice of heaven. Forested, you know, along the river there. And then I uh, went down to Sioux City, had some lunch, and, and went and rode bikes at uh, Adams Nature Preserve, which, again, another state park. It's just awesome, awesome state parks around here. And I, I it's just it, it, Palisades, you know, which isn't a big place, but it's really cool. I don't think we, we don't appreciate it enough. And that's what I came away from my weekend with. We just don't appreciate the fine, fine state parks. We, Thea Miller-Ryan's going to be on tomorrow if the Twins game ever gets over, and and uh, we'll, maybe we'll just talk about state parks and how cool they are. She always brings somebody with her, though.
1: So, you know, that's we'll just have to keep that pending. Yeah. All right. State parks, people. Look into them.
0: One pass, and it's cheap. Like 25 bucks gets you in all year. Unlimited. Look into it. But uh, we were down in uh, uh, Adams Nature Preserve, and that's right down by McCook Lake, you know, your North Sioux City area there. And it's it goes... Right, there's trails everywhere, but part of it goes right up to the river, and it's still a pretty natural part of the river there right before it gets to Sioux City. That's just gorgeous. You don't, you just can't get down to the river in that, where it's not dammed up, you know, very often. Down by Vermilion, you can a little bit, but uh, yeah, just wonderful, wonderful places in our, just right around us, that uh, I think sometimes are underappreciated for their natural beauty. So... That was my that was the big lesson for me this weekend. You it was playing rain in the golf or playing golf in the rain <laughs> and and doing some fine work. me it was just outside wandering around so at least we were outside,
1: right that it is true Yeah, that's good and I found it, that that actual school song for Scotland is the Loch Lamond
0: Loch Lomond. yes well, that sounds like something that might have come right out of the
1: homeland. No doubt about it. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe we, can get a re- maybe we can get somebody from Scotland to throw us a clip of that at some point, because I'd like to hear that. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Our guests include uh, John Meyer and Jason Ball. They're going to tell us about, hey, Sioux Falls. It's an entrepreneurial award. The bad mother joins us for weird friends, and I'll have a p statement just after the break. Today's topic, dark money. Dark money, people. It's not good. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three twenty on the Patrick Lally Show. Information on thousand KSLO. Everybody wants to live how they wanna live, and everybody wants to love how they wanna love. Everybody
2: wants to be closer to free. Yeah.
0: That's a pretty good idea. Let's get a little closer to free, courtesy of the Bo Deans here on the Patrick Lally Show. This is what time of day when we look around the news and find things that uh, disturb us, make us happy, cause us to think a little bit and uh, look towards the future and making this world a better place. Uh, and today that comes from the Rapid City Journal out in uh, beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota and a story by Seth Tupper, which is headlined, Donors Identities Revealed One Month After House Election. And uh, this is a story uh, by Mr. Tupper, who's a fine reporter out in Rapid City. Uh, how about how uh, dark money, you know, uh, big money, can play a role in your elections? And this is with regards to the uh, GOP primary between Dusty Johnson, Chantel Krebs, and uh, uh, Mr. Tapio, Neil Tapio. So as we know, uh Dusty Johnson won that primary, but if, if you recall, there was a kerfuffle. There was a kerfuffle during the primary uh in which uh Mr. Johnson was being oh, harass- not harassed. There was a campaign against him and, and 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 there was, you know, some question about where it was coming from and that sort of thing. And uh, the lead on Sus story is a campaign finance report filed a month after the election has finally revealed the sources of fifty-one thousand dollars spent against Dusty Johnson during the final days of South Dakota's Republican House primary campaign. The expenditures were funded by sixty-seven thousand dollars in contributions from six individuals and one corporation to and, and one corporation to the Hold Washington Accountable Political Action Committee. All the individual donors had previously contributed. Contributed to the campaign committee of Chantel Krebs, who was one of Johnson's opponents in a three-way race. So here's the deal, right? Uh, you'll recall that uh, during the, you know there was some advertising uh, against uh, Dusty. Um, uh, and as it turns out, these guys who paid for this have connections back to Chantel Krebs, and as you, you'll recall during the campaign. Uh, a spokeswork. This is from the story during the campaign. A spokesperson for the Krebs campaign denied any coordination with Hold Washington Accountable despite connections revealed in the public documents. So let's look at this. The individual contributions to Hold Washington Accountable included two from Black Hills, ten thousand from Larry Pillard of Custer, the retired former chairman of the board of Tetra Laval Group, a multinational corporation focused on food production, packaging, and distribution, and eight thousand dollars from Pat Hall. A real estate developer from Rapid City. The other contributions were 25 grand from Herzog Contracting of St. Joseph, Missouri, two contributions totaling 10 grand from William Metz of Sioux City, five grand from Greg Carmen of Brandon, five grand from Matt Nealon of North Sioux City, and four grand from Louis, Louis George of Sioux Falls. So, all right, so this is all allowed because uh, you can't uh, put limits on PAC um, spending, right? as long as they don't coordinate with the campaign. Because otherwise you have uh, campaign contribution limits on individuals. Here's another connection. Uh, Robert Phillips III, a.k.a. Rob Phillips of Dublin, Ohio, who is treasurer of Hold Hold Washington Accountable. Phillips is also chief operating officer of Axiom Strategies, a national political consulting firm that received nearly $110,000 in payments while working for Krebs Campaign Committee according to FEC reports. So the guy who's getting paid by uh, the Krebs campaign uh, is the treasurer of Hold Washington Accountable. And the super PAC wasn't the only method used by Krebs donors to get around the $2,700 interview limit. Larry Pillard, for example, gave $5,400 to the Krebs Campaign Committee by earmarking half the money for primary election and the other half for the general. While his wife, Deborah, did the same thing. Larry Pillard also gave ten grand to hold Washington accountable, bringing the total amount of contributions from the Pillards to $20,800. So that's pretty interesting. Um, so let's see here. One of the people... Involved in this deal was also the treasurer for the Krebs campaign. Uh, If I recall, for example, for from the top of my head that, you know, and the thing is, is did during when this all happened, uh, you know, you might remember the ads, you know, Dusty Johnson wants to
3: raise taxes, blah, blah, blah,
0: which is a fine, you know, these are campaign ads. These things are going to happen, right? Um, The thing is that it's disingenuous at best to say that you don't know anything about this when there's all these connections. Uh, And maybe nobody looked at each other in the eye and said, oh, yes, do that. Spend that money. That would be great. But, you know, they knew each other. Everybody knows each other. And they're already given money, so this is just a way to get around the individual limits. It's a uh, it's a a huge flaw in our campaign system that was created by uh, the Citizens United decision and some other stuff. And nobody in Washington is ever going to do anything about it because they they can't. There's no way they're going to change a uh, campaign finance law. There's no way. I mean, they can't agree on the things they actually kind of agree on. It's uh, it's just ridiculous, you know, and uh, it's this it's dog and pony show. It's 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 a shell game. It's smoke and mirrors. It's whatever you want to call it. But it's just pouring money into politics. And I you know what I believe. And here's what it comes down to. To me, it's not the money. The money's not the problem. It's the shady nature of the contribution. And I would have, I think we should get rid of the individual limit. It's time. Okay, $2,700 per cycle or whatever it is. Get rid of it. It's stupid because you have all this other uh, uh, shenanigans going on behind the scenes with huge amounts of money. Nobody knows where it's coming from. Get rid of the individual limit, but make it only individual contributions and you got to put your name on it. Then I know where it's coming from. Then I don't that that's fine. Raising money is part of is a show of your ability to organize and your ability to build a coalition and all that different kind of stuff. But I want to know where it's coming from. That's all I want. Is that so hard? That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me, and I wish you would. Patrick at KSO.com. You can Follow us on Facebook and converse with us there. Also, the Twitter, at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's the bad mother on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
4: Got fired from a kettle drag. Love Nor. The ropes of the gallows was
1: swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got
3: Michael 45 Right by my side.
0: And we welcome back to the program for her return engagement on the Weird Friend segment. She's the bad mother. Bad mother, thanks a lot for coming back.
2: thanks for having me. I haven't improved in my motherhood no since last still
0: time, <laughs> still trending down it's Probably, flat-lined.
2: yes yes. yeah flat line for sure I, I, I' no downward spiral yet just you know average average bad well mm.
0: y- you know you've made it through most of the summer <laughs> without any now were there any hospital visits so far this summer?
2: no well, no hospital visits, no major sunburns even so we're what? good.
0: No. You're not even, you don't even qualify as the bad mother anymore. Well,
2: you know, I mean, my kids are old enough to put their own sunscreen on, so. <laughs>
0: and they, But they did it.
2: Yes, they did it, so.
0: Because yeah. you, like me, are a uh, of Northern European descent. Yes, so you, you're I. You're a fair-skinned human being.
2: I mean, I walked outside in the sun today for a little bit. I've probably got a little bit of sunburn on my f- nose, so, you know. <laughs> well, I
0: would take that as a monumental achievement right, then. Right,
2: yes. Well, that's one thing, you know, both my kids are, at their very nature, rule followers, which is very good, you know. And yeah. so, you know, my youngest for Kids, Inc., um, even... Other
0: people's rules, let's point well, that out. Uh, yeah, other people's
2: <laughs> rules, right. No, but even back in the spring at Kids, Inc., um, you know, in the su- in the spring, they said, hey, you know what, we're going to be spending more time outside. If you mm-hmm. want your kids to be wearing sunscreen, you'll send some with. And I'm like, eh, you know what, she's probably fine. It's, you know, by 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. She's not going to burn. She got. She actually got my husband's skin tone, which he he tans. Oh, she tans better. No, so I'm not good. insanely envious there. But she was just like, "But they said I need sunscreen. I need sunscreen." I'm like,
0: "Fine. Here you go. Go forth and, and lather screen, yourself yeah, up." Yeah. Well, so that's a good. That's a good thing. It's
2: not a bad thing. It's good. But yeah.
0: <laughs> so they've made it through uh, most of the summer. Now mm-hmm. we, we've we've now turned into back to school time. Right. Oh
2: yes. Yeah. Tomorrow's so um,
0: August first. So. Yep.
2: Junior football practice started last night for my really? oldest. Yep. It's You're kidding me. No. Junior football practice started. Yeah. So I don't believe the high school football teams have started no, practice no, 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 yet. No. But junior football practice always starts at this first week of August. So
0: That's crazy. I can't believe yep. it. So it was not <laughs> that early when I my when I was a lad playing in the junior football program. Well,
2: I mean their first game is let's see, what's that? Yeah, the nineteenth of oh, August. Wow. So yeah. That
0: is early. Yep, and they've got that fancy new complex out there at uh, yes. next to Sanford. It's not actually a Sanford property, right? Love so, it.
2: Quick and easy to get to. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not like driving over to Pasley Park for the West Siders for baseball. So. Oh,
0: <laughs> so, you've got all the activities, right? All the
2: activities. So. How's the,
0: how does the bad mother feel about football, though?
2: You know, I mean i I absolutely love the South Dakota Junior Football Organization. It is probably the best most well-organized sports organization mm-hmm. in Sioux Falls and they've put such a priority on teaching kids the correct way to do things to the correct way to tackle mm-hmm. so I, I think it's fine I mean and my kid's a lineman so oh so he's <laughs> not
0: hitting his head at all
2: no no well of course he's not because it's you know it's it's the not head first tackling or whatever they yeah. call it to do but so you, know, you feel
0: pretty good about that
2: I do feel pretty comfortable and you know what he's head He's been very lucky. This is his sixth year playing junior football, and he has had excellent coaches, like coaches who have got real coaching chops. I mean, not that just, you know, ordinary... Not that the other ones suck. No, no, I mean, not that just, you know, because, I mean, it takes a lot of volunteers, but so it wasn't just, you know, dad who got, you know, wrangled into coaching because no one else was stepping up. These guys are, you know, all the... uh, His coaches throughout the years have been people who have, like I said, had real football experience, real coaching experience. Mm -hmm. You know, they've coached it with, um, you know, their high school teams
0: and whatnot. So he's had really good instruction. So what grade is he going to be in? Eighth oh my gosh so he has been he's getting ready to play with the big boys then
2: yeah that's that's his idea so we'll see how well he does <laughs> does,
0: does he still really like it
2: he does he he loves it
0: yeah ninth grade though that's the start the two a days and all that kind of stuff right i know do
2: that? i know it's good for him get him out there <laughs> do it
0: <laughs> he doesn't have any interest in the uh in the european sports Oh, as in
2: soccer and all that.
0: Soccer, cycling—you know, things of this nature. Lacrosse, no.
2: No, not for a, not for sports. Now he will bike anywhere in yeah. he, in town, yeah. but. <laughs> well,
0: that's part of being the uh, being the uh, free range mom that you are. You just let it, him.
2: It is. I mean, that's what I've always said. I'm like, you have kind of free range to go anywhere on the west side.
0: Yeah, you know? just don't cross the interstate. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's generally probably not a good idea. Although if you're riding the bike trail, then fine. No, but you can <laughs> it's all open. I do now. have some limits no, Like like last summer, um, a buddy of his lived closer to like 57th and Ellis, mm-hmm. and we live over by 26th and Ellis, mm-hmm. roughly. And he and his buddy would ride back and forth to each other's house. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Until I found out they were doing it on Ellis Road. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, time out, friends. Um Ellis Road's a little busy with a lack of a shoulder at that time. Now it's all under construction.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. No, it was. A, that's a tough ride.
2: Yeah. I, you so know, you should
0: like, the, the the road, the streets are. It's okay to ride on the streets, Mom.
2: Right? Oh yeah, but yeah, I would prefer okay. it not to be you know a general highway. Yeah. It, you know, let's let's well, do some
0: city streets. So <laughs> we work our way up. Right.
2: I, I might be a bad mother, but I do still. You know, I still would like my kids to be alive at the end of the day. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to come right back after this short break with more from the bad mother on uh, how to free-range free range parenting, care of the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And there's
2: a waitress with the sweet dad.
0: 345 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we're here with the uh, bad mother chatting about uh, how to raise kids in a, in a modern world and uh, the challenges thereof or just not paying attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> Making your own challenges and not letting society right. place its <sighs> mores and values upon the way you're going to raise your kids. Right. There you go. Um, and you had sent me this story, actually, and it was kind of interesting. It's from the New York Times about, um, it, you know, mothering in fear. You know, always being afraid about, and the, the woman who wrote this had had left her kids in her car mm-hmm. while visiting her parents or whatever, Virginia, uh, got home.
2: Yeah, she was running errands, and, the, you know, the four-year-old didn't want to get out of the car. You know what? Okay, I've been there, done that, in terms yeah. of, like, you know what? Nobody wants to take a toddler preschooler into any store. Right. I mean, like, frankly. And if they're, you know... Anyhow, you she left the kid in the car for, like, the five minutes it took to go do whatever. And maybe it was 10. Maybe 10. Yeah. Who knows? But, you know, and then, you know, someone apparently had seen it, had, you know, videotaped it or taken some photos I of know. it and turned her in and, like, you know, accused her of abandoning her child. Yeah. Which is insanity.
0: Yeah, and she didn't even live there. So right. So it was, like, her mom's car... Yeah. And they tracked her down. Mm -hmm. It was nuts.
2: Insanity. Like, I know, I mean, it was a few years ago, but I, you know, my daughter was with me and she was probably like three at the time or something, fell asleep in the car. We stopped at Little Caesars to get, you know, a hot and ready pizza, 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 (laughs) you know, quick. I'm like, I am not waking her up because one, I'm like, no, I'm just not going to. That's going to be more trouble than it's worth because she's going to be all cranky and crabby. And I'm, like, running in. parked. You know, you park up front at Little Caesars. They're all glass. I can see her in Mm -hmm. there. It was summer, so I left the car on. No, I left it on, air conditioning on. I'm Uh. right there, you know? And waiting in line to get my $5 pizza because, you know, I'm not making – this is what I feed my children to. Bad pizza. Bad pizza. (laughs) But – and someone had came in and was all up in the arms, like who? Wh- Who's the car is oh this? It, whose kid is it in the car? I'm like, it's on, and there's air conditioning, and she's mine, and she's fine, and she's still sleeping, you know.
0: <laughs> really they they confronted you in the pizza jar? well, she
2: you know she, just to whoever because there was oh. like you know people standing in line, but I'm like, no, she's fine. I she's right there, and she was just all like, you're kidding, upset me. about it, and I'm like, well, you know. That's fine, and I, I mean, on one hand, I I do appreciate that people look out for other people's mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. but at the same time,
0: how about how about coming in and go is is this kid somebody though is everybody ok is everything okay
2: Yeah, I, it was just yeah the the judgmental like and that's you know, the tone of, with it or you know yeah
0: that's the mothering in fear like and the fear right, is not that, something bad is going to happen to your kid the fear is something is somebody's going to judge you because right. of the way you do it.
2: But then, you know, I mean, there's the the big fear that, you know, that people don't want to let their kids go do things because something bad could happen. Because I get it. You know, we live in our 24 seven news cycle now. Mm -hmm. So we hear everything Mm -hmm. bad that's happening. And, you know, you hear it as it happens, you know, through the Internet. And so people don't want to just let their kids go to the park or go to wherever. You know, I mean, like what was it in Rapid City? Someone found like a razor blade on the. Uh, a slide at a park Mm -hmm. and so everybody was like oh my god you know kids can't go to the park and play in safety anymore because you know one thing happened well is the probability that's that that is going to happen more i I don't i Mm -hmm. mean what's more likely to happen like okay do we just not let our kids go down slides at the park anymore
0: right or do you have to inspect the slide every time right
2: do i even have to go with to the park anymore i mean you know that's
0: you know (laughs) you know and the thing is uh People, I think, to this is the same conversation we have about crime in general, which right. is everybody in this town thinks crime's, like, growing out of control. It's not. Right. It, the statistics don't bear that out.
2: Right. For the, you know, for the increase in number of people that are in Sioux yeah. Falls now versus, you the know, crime, 20 years ago or whatever, your crime right.
0: the rates rate.
2: is probably the same. Right. You and just hear about it more.
0: And when you hear, you know, so now we have uh, Amber Alerts, right, mm-hmm. for kids who have been abducted, Right. And it, as it turns out, almost all of those are custody battles. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's never somebody scooped a kid up off the street when they were going down the slide at the playground.
2: Right. I mean, I always joke. I'm like, ah, the last thing I gonna do is want to kidnap my kid because she's really screechy. You know? <laughs> I mean, but, but I guess, you know, yeah, you hear about bad things happening, but I don't want to be so afraid of bad things happening that I'm not going to let my daughter go to the park. I mean, she just this last year, she's, you know, now very comfortable with riding her bike to the park that's three blocks away from our house mm-hmm. and going to play, going to see if there's any other kids there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times there isn't, which is really a bummer because I feel like maybe. Yeah. Then Everybody's par- keep them in. Their parents aren't letting them go. I mean, so she plays by herself a good chunk of the time there, <laughs> which is unfortunate. <laughs> kind but of sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, you know, sometimes she'll drag some of the neighborhood kids with too, but. Just in general. I mean, she she won't have the... It's rare that she'd have the happenstance of running into, um, you know, some of her classmates there.
0: You almost wish there were some other kids around because there is. If there's any concern, there's safety right. in numbers.
2: I mean, well, and I'm like, you know... This is, you know, she goes to Discovery Elementary. That's, you know, the largest elementary school in Sioux Falls. Yeah, There are plenty of kids in our neighborhood. but They're just not going to play at the park.
0: Not by themselves anyway. Right. That's very strange.
2: It's, you know, and like I said, unfortunate because she really relishes that, you know, that independence of being able to ride her bike to the park by herself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and it. Like I said, six months ago, she wouldn't have been comfortable with that herself. Mm -hmm. Now she is.
0: And there's a reward there. Right. Like, you know, and and not, it's like, I did this. I did what I said I was going to do. Mm -hmm. I came home.
2: Yeah. And granted, she has no idea how to judge time yet, (laughs) but... (laughs)
0: Well, that's an issue.
2: That's an issue. You know, I mean, I gave her an old watch once and told her, "I'm like, can you look and you know, why don't when it says eight o'clock, can you start heading home?" Well, of course, then she didn't. So I had, um, I had my son go fetch her at the park, and when she came back, I'm like, "Well, okay, you know, teaching moment now. Well, with you know, with this, (laughs) with this responsibility comes, you know, there are consequences if you don't do what you say you're going to do." And of course, you know, she was all like, "Oh." forgot i'm like well i know you're getting used to this and it's fine but it's you know it's the teaching of you know i'm like yes i will let you do this but you have to do this in return
0: and generally i think that's a that has more effect on boys who always want to do and i i'm gender (laughs) stereotyping but you know they it seems like they always want to do more They always want to go farther. They want to do more. Right. They they don't want to follow the rule or whatever. (laughs) So if you say, well, if you do this, you might get to do something else. Right. If you blow it, you're. Then no. You just got to start over. You're going back to the beginning.
2: But then my daughter actually thought it was kind of fun to be like, oh, I got in trouble. (laughs) Because that's, you know, she's. Yeah, at six, she's desperate to be a big kid. Yeah. Well, and big kids get in trouble. So
0: yeah. this might do this might things. be
2: a problem for me in the future if she wants to get into trouble. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
0: you know what's we talked earlier about back to school. Uh do you uh do you let them go crazy at the at the, at the store with the, the list or what do you do you even make them follow the list? See, the bad mother, a truly <laughs> bad mother, wouldn't even care about the list.
2: Well, no, I do care about the list because I want them to have what they need. Oh, okay. Um but I actually, I'm like, no, I don't even actually like taking my kids shopping, so... <laughs> i oh you do it i just get it done oh, well that's probably then, best it's more I,
0: efficient that way
2: even with clothes i just no. Mom i will. Is, i, I will bring like i bring my son like two options for a shirt and then he picks one and then <laughs>
0: i want it all star wars <laughs> yeah that ain't gonna happen you get battle star galactica you
2: get uh, what you get <laughs> yeah
0: uh the bad mother she's with us uh periodically on the weird friends segment and uh bad mother thanks for being here
2: you bet we'll see you next time
0: coming up after the break here we'll chat after the news and weather at the top of the hour we're going to talk about some more news how about that this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo this is a public 58 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo it is friday august 3rd which means it's the first friday of the month which means it's downtown first friday all kinds of art entertainment and shopping this week uh, this month is a huge one because the downtown block party starts at five thirty, featuring paul Thorne and the blind boys of alabama free immersion admission to the kirby science discovery center there's street musicians on phillips avenue all kinds of good stuff Always a great day in downtown. For more information, go to the event calendar at KSO.com. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk about uh, third parties in the United States and uh, then roundabouts in Sioux Falls. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
4: Barricades and graves Daddy's little empire Built by hands and built by slaves From the sky we look so
0: organized and brave Jason Isbell, flying over water I'm, uh, I'm going to see Jason Isbell again Over Labor Day, going to Red Rocks What do you think of that? It's good news for me be my, I think fourth, time, third or fourth, time, third time seeing Jason's bowl. It's been marvelous every time. Listen to it just a little bit
4: here. Take my hand, baby, we're over I know flying over water makes you cry.
0: One of my favorite lines there. That's why I played that out a little bit for you there. Uh, I was uh, reading the news today, going through my stuff, and uh, you people know I like David Brooks from the New York Times. That's no secret. I talk about him quite a bit. But his, uh, his column that I saw today, I believe it came out today, Third Party Option, National Politics Needs a Leader Devoted to Redistributing Power Downward. And uh, it wasn't so long ago that um, we were talking about a Brooks column about localism uh, and uh, the power of local people and local governments to create change and make better lives for the citizenry in the uh, in a world in which national government is gridlocked and ugly. Uh, and he writes today, is there room for a third party? If some independent mounted a presidential bid in 2020, would that person have a chance? Those are questions we won't be able to answer for a few years. If the Democrats nominate somebody like Mitch Landrew. The answer is no. Landra is a progressive former mayor of New Orleans whose personal style would play well with the white working class and whose convictions and history play well with African Americans and other groups. A Democrat like Landreau would occupy all the non-Trump space and make a meaningful third party run impossible. But this is and this is what's interesting and I, I think is indicative of the the current uh, state of things where uh, as Brooks points out, uh, suppose the Democrats nominate one of the senators who are now sprinting leftward to catch up with, which, with what they perceive to be the Democratic base. In that case, there would be room for a third party, he says, but not not for the reasons you think that some sort of centrist, uh, moderate uh, candidate who appeals to everybody would come in and, and take the big middle. That's not it at all. What Brooks says, and I think I agree with this, is to have a chance a third-party candidate would have to emerge as the most radical person in that race. The person would have to argue that Republicans and Democrats are just two sides of a Washington-centric power structure that has grown to a halt. That person would have to promise to radically redistribute power across American society. Not money, power. And that's an interesting perspective. Um... He talks about a book here, Healing American Democracy, uh, by Mike Haas, Doug Ross, and Morley Winograd, in which they argue that the current Washington-centric power structure emerged during the New Deal in those days, and for decades after, the country was pretty homogenous. Trust in big institutions was high, and the federal government worked more effectively than state and local governments to build a safety net and break up local economic oligarchies. But it's a different, you know, I mean, we live in a different world now, and so the 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 institutions are have no trust. The, uh, uh, the 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 population is much more diverse, and you've got a whole new generation of people coming up—the millennials. Obviously, we talk about a large, huge, massive chunk of the population. And today, people don't believe in national government, right? They don't. It doesn't matter who you are. They don't believe in national government because national government has, in many ways, failed us. And what Brook says. In this new context, a third-party candidate might run on what Haas, Ross, and Winograd call constitutional localism. Think about this, constitutional localism. It's It's a nice phrase. And what it means is, and why this appeals to me, is the constitutional part means preserving civil rights safeguards enshrined in the Constitution. The localism part means a radical decentralization of other powers to the levels of authority people have faith in, which we know is local government. Right. All wrote, all recent presidential candidates have run against Washington, Brooks says, but on the premise that they could change Washington today, a third party candidate would have to run on creating different kinds of power structures at different levels. And there's this concept in another book called New Localism, which we talked about before, which it it's, that doesn't mean local government. As Brooks puts it, across the country, power is being most effectively wielded by civic councils, organically formed groups of local officials, business leaders, and neighborhood organizations. The members may have different racial, class, and partisan identities, but they have one shared identity, love of their community. And that's, I think, because we can love our country, and we do love our country, but it's it's amorphous, right? And it's unwieldy and it's huge and it doesn't, at some measure, it ceases to mean anything other than flag and, you know, icons. Local efforts need a national leader, says Burks, in part because while it's easy to say devolve power, actually doing it is complicated. And he, and this is the last part of this column, I think, is just very instructive. Civil rights progress still requires a forceful federal presence to, say, induce local police forces to reform and integrate. But such progress could only requires energized local efforts in which people work across racial differences and common loves, like the future of their community's children. We also need a national leader to tell a different national story. During the 20th century, a superpower story emerged. In that story, the nation moved as one, and a ridiculous amount of attention got focused on the supposed superhero in the White House. A third party candidate who shifted attention to local people actually getting stuff done might lose, but he or she would begin to define a new and more plausible version of American greatness. Uh, It's a great paragraph. But I think it also holds uh, great promise because we are the people who get things done, right? In our community. And we love living here. And people in in communities across the country love their communities. Even in places that we consider urban nightmares, right? Detroit, Oakland, Houston. Miami—they're people that love; they love their community, and they can get things done. The problem that we've had in the past is that we have demonstrated that through our own human failings, we oppress people, we disenfranchise segments. People still cling to power, but when it comes to solution building and finding and implementing those are local people and they can do it i see that in even in our state this city can do can solve its own problems we've had to in part because you get so little help from the state and it's often misguided But think about that. Localism, constitutional localism. It is a marvelous concept. Probably doomed to the unwieldy forces of the bipartisan, of the the two-party system. Anyway, David Brooks' column, it's on the New York Times website today. I I will throw it up on the Twitter site, on our Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show, and you can go read it for yourself. Let us know what you think. We really like it. I really like it. And uh, I like Brooks, so there you have it. Coming up next, after the markets and uh, Dave Ramsey and some messages, Uh, actually, we're going to talk about roundabouts. Interesting little development out west of town. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 420 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And, yes, I am back on my Jason Isbo kick. This is... uh, we Were Vampires, bonus into bonus uh, music from Jason Isbell.
1: It's not the long
4: flowing dress that you're in Or the light coming off of your skin The fragile heart you are protected for so long Or the mercy in your sense of right and wrong It's not your hands searching slow in the dark
0: I could just let that play for the rest of the segment. And I'd be fine with it. But, you know, hey, this is, uh, you know, the talk of Sioux Falls, Information 1000 KSO. And so we'll we'll keep that going for you. I, uh, I saw another interesting story today that uh, I, you know, find hard to believe, yet not hard to believe because of where we live. Uh, and that is Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And sometimes, sometimes people... I just, uh, I don't know. So here's the story. This was in uh, the Argus Leader today, I believe, July. No, yesterday. This is yesterday. Last night. It is uh, written by uh, somebody named Garrett Amis. I'm not going to get that. Amismaki, Maki. Amismaki. I apologize to Garrett. Um, Wall Lake residents are concerned about a, uh, a planned roundabout intersection will hurt local business and worsen traffic safety, so here's the deal. If you uh, ever leave town on uh, 12th Street, West 12th Street, turns into Highway 42, and uh, you're cruising along there, and you intersect with something known as the Wall Lake Oil, which is, you know, what we call paved roads in the country. You got your gravels, got your oils. Anyway, it's also called Wall Lake Oil because on the corner is a gas station called Wall Lake Oil, and uh, it's right by Wall Lake. Well, there's a fair amount of traffic there. Uh, that road going north and south goes to Wall Lake. It also goes up to Hartford. So, you know, it, it does a fair amount of, uh, of traffic. And it's Highway 42 out of town. And uh, I believe right now there's a four-way stop there. And it didn't used to be a four-way stop. It used to be kind of busy and kind of dangerous uh, a long time ago. and But now it's four-way stop. Well, so the state wants to put in a $2.1 million roundabout. And uh, they say it, it will... It will make it safer as traffic increases, not more dangerous. But in a state where the style of intersection is uncommon, Warren Luke worries it will do more harm than good. We don't want to be the training ground for people who don't know how to use roundabouts, the South Dakota Luke said. Now, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to poke fun at the man. All right. I'm not trying to, but that's ridiculous. All right. It's not that hard to use a roundabout they've had three public forums out there and uh they're they're taking into consideration the comments before moving forward with construction in 2021 so here's the deal okay having people if you've not been to a roundabout there's one out on uh, 69th Street and Southeastern all right just drive out there just take the kid, pack the kids into the family truckster drive out to 69th and Southeastern and you know go crazy on the roundabout all right, right now, uh, two of the, I think two of the arms of the roundabout kind of don't really go anywhere. They go off into gravel or what have you. One of 69th, right over that bridge by south, uh, Sioux Falls Christian. The other one South. So there is traffic there, and there's plenty of development happening. See, just see if you can wrap your brain around how difficult that roundabout is. It's not that hard. And uh, they use them extensively in Wisconsin, where I have some experience driving. And like every uh, freeway that you get off has a roundabout at the end of it. And they're great. They slow you down, people. But you don't have to come to a complete stop unless there's traffic there. So the folks that own uh, Wall Lake Oil, uh, they say it's a very safe intersection, says Kathy Overgard, uh, I don't think the roundabout is necessary. So they believe at uh, Wall Lake Oil that will uh, hurt their business. Specifically semi trucks, which are a large portion of our clients. I you know, the semi, it's not like they won't be able to go through the roundabout. <laughs> you know, it accepts all traffic. And I don't want Wall Lake Oil to to suffer business-wise, and I suspect that neither does the State Department of Transportation, you know, it is the state government, so you gotta be a little leery. I understand that. But it's a roundabout, and there's so much building going on out there around in that area. There's just gonna be tons and tons of traffic. And uh, we need to slow down a little bit sometimes and just take a breath. And the roundabout will help. Don't be afraid of these things. Don't be afraid of new things. Does anybody remember when they were uh, uh, building new interchanges uh, on the interstate, like on uh, I-29 and 12th Street uh, and and like uh, 10th Street and uh, 229, and they came up with this new, uh, using this new interchange design, the bridges, the exits and the on-ramps and such? And, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Chaos. It's going to be chaos. You won't be able to tell which direction you're going. People will be running into each other left and right. Look out! It's not that bad. It works pretty well, actually, as it turns out. And, you know, I want, I'm want i a guy who wants less driving. So there's that. But you can't be afraid of roundabouts. It's going to be fine. Take a, take a nice breath. Listen to a little Jason Hisbo, and, and you'll be happy. Maybe we'll get We're going to come right back with, after go. the news and weather with Mr. Dan we'll Peters go. and chat with John Meyer and Jason Ball about a new entrepreneurial award in Sioux Falls on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Go out
1: on the sidewalk in the snow And laugh
4: at all the l-
0: 435 on the Patrick Lally Show. Oh, the Ben Moffstone
1: information.
0: Information 1000 KSOO, and I am pleased to have in the studio with us this afternoon John Meyer. He is the CEO of Lemon Lee here in Sioux Falls, and Jason Ball, who, of course, is the CEO and president of the Sioux Falls Chamber of Commerce, and uh, you know I don't know as uh, people have ever seen you two in the same room before, but maybe <laughs> maybe that's not fair. Uh, of course, Lemonly, uh, one of the city's more prominent uh, 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 companies in the in the digital space in a lot of sure. different ways. Is that fair to say?
3: Yeah, sure. And we'll uh, take it.
0: and Jason, of course, you've been uh, CEO of the uh, Sioux Falls Chamber for how long now?
3: about a year and a half
0: now yeah yeah are you settled you got your boxes unpacked and that kind of thing
3: yep we're all we're all settled in uh, my son and I love exploring this community every weekend and I cannot believe how fast that year and a half has gone it feels shorter to me.
0: Yeah, and and where did you come from, just to remind folks?
3: Came out of Hutchinson, Kansas, which is in the uh, Wichita area, and then prior to that had spent five years working with the Lincoln-Nebraska Chamber of Ah,
0: Commerce. cool. So you're just happy to get out of some sort of tornado belt. Well, (laughs) see, it's
3: (laughs) hot down there, and it's much cooler up here, so we like it in in the north. Yeah, awesome. That's your answer on July 31st, but... (laughs) That's
0: right. It's easy to say that we're in a cool streak. Um, So... You got, but the reason you guys are here is somehow, and I'm going to ask you the, the, this question in a minute, you come together to uh, put together this thing called Hey Sioux Falls, yeah, which is essentially an entrepreneurial award. Uh, John, tell me, how did this happen?
4: Yeah, so we took note of some of the more vibrant startup entrepreneurial communities in the region, Fargo, uh, Omaha, Des Moines. And we noticed one thing they do is they, they bring everyone together one night out of the year to celebrate – these entrepreneurs uh many startups and entrepreneurs they put their head down and they are grinding and they are working and it's it can be lonely it can be challenging we you know it seems like entrepreneurship is, is super sexy and it's on all the magazine covers mm-hmm. right but it's a it's a really hard thing and so for one night we want to say hey sioux falls uh come out and support these people and so what we're going to do is we're going to turn it into an award show kind of a uh an oscars for sioux falls entrepreneurs minus the you know, dressing up part because we usually just wear t- okay, jeans and that, t-shirts.
0: That's exactly my was my next question is are these people going to have to buy some new clothes?
4: Yeah, they won't have to go out and rent a tux but uh, <laughs> thanks to uh, our great friend who's also one of our organizers, Addie, Addie Graham Kramer from the event company, we will probably have a red carpet but yeah, I doubt there's we'll, always, she's got one
0: in her closet. Yeah, I think she just
4: rolls it out of her car. Yeah, exactly
0: so. and maybe some sparkler kind of like a some sort of grand entrance thing with lights that go off.
4: Yeah, so it's a little bit of a trifecta between our kind of four-man, four-five-person team at One Million Cups, which is the weekly entrepreneur um, gathering. That uh, you've been
0: doing for how long now?
4: We're in our fifth year. Wow. Yeah. We've had over 200 entrepreneurs share um, in Sioux Falls on Wednesday mornings. Um, Zeal, the Center for Zeal, for Entrepreneurship out of Zeal, and then James, J- Jason's team at the Chamber.
0: Uh, that is quite a collection of, uh, it's a powerhouse team. Yeah, that's the it plan. That? It's so, a dream team. Uh, how will this work? Um, you said that it's like the Oscars. It's an award ceremony. What happens? Who wins?
4: Yeah, so we have six different awards that are now uh, live and open for nominations. So that's why we wanted to be here today. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and, and you know someone who has a new startup, which we define as about 18 months or so less, a brand new one, a growth startup, someone that a company is just taking off and exploding uh investor of the year, a corporate innovator. Who's the corporation out there that's really supporting this type of, of business and, and putting seeds in the ground? And then even what we de- define as a social impact award. So that could be a, a person, a nonprofit, a business that's really giving back. And so we want to hear from you. We're taking nominations uh, right now on heysoofalls.com, the website we built. And then in August, the organizing team will go ahead and we're going to pick uh, like four nom- four finalists in mm-hmm. each category. We'll announce those. I guess August is tomorrow. So, about August, what did we say, 18? Uh, second week, yeah, second or third. <laughs> two week weeks in from August, now. Yep. So, you got two weeks to vote.
0: Okay. And it's at com, And if you forget that somehow, you can go to at P. Lally Show and. Sure. That'd Dan be great. Dan will put the link up there. he make it easier for you. Um, although, com, there may be different ways to spell hey, but it's H E Y. Yeah. It's just hey, listen up. Hey. Hey. Falls. How do you say it, Jason? You said, "Hey, Sioux say, Falls. hey,
3: Sioux Falls. All right, hey. <laughs> been working right. on that all night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Jason, uh, really, what's the difference between entrepreneurism, entrepreneurialism, and business? are isn't it all just the same thing?
3: Well, you know, it's it's. I think it's part of a spectrum. If you look back at any business, they had had uh, what I think they would consider humble, small beginnings at some point, right? And then they grow into the uh, behemoths that that fuel so much of this economy. And I I think an important part of our overall economic development approach, if we're taking a a truly uh, broad-based approach to how we grow this economy, yes, that's got to include trying to recruit new business here. Yes, that's got to include working with our existing uh, business base to help them grow and have access to the resources they need to grow. But for sure, we also need to Uh, help our startup community have access to the resources they need to grow. And oftentimes, uh, the biggest resource that they're looking for institutional partners like a chamber of commerce to provide is just visibility Mm -hmm. and support in creating the type of uh, culture in a city that is receptive to people, that supports them when they take uh, economic risks and chances and rewards them when they succeed and supports them in their next venture. Uh, when they move on to the next thing, because that happens a lot too, and so that's probably the most important thing we can be
4: doing with this event. Yeah, well, and that's why I love the collaboration because it, you know, it, with with Jason and the Chamber, it, it's hey, someone's taking us seriously, yeah, right? right? We're here, right? We we really are trying to make a difference and an impact. And these guys uh, actually do have the nice clothes. Exactly. Yeah, look at that. Look at that suit. <laughs> that's awesome. Don't don't judge me for being beautiful. <laughs>
0: um, the uh, uh, the one of the things that we always hear is that the city um, we lack. Uh, angel investors. And uh, and that's something we've heard for quite a while. Is this an attempt at some measure to, um, not every business in the chamber has gobs of cash laying around if they want to throw it at an entrepreneur, but is there some way to try and bridge that gap by doing things like this?
3: Well, uh, when you talk about bridging that gap, I think of it more as trying to create more connections where maybe there hadn't been connections yet. Uh, I think that's a big part when we and we joke about it a lot, you know, the the ties and T-shirts type of Mm -hmm. events where we're trying to bring groups of people that, you know, maybe don't have a long history of socializing together. Get them in the room together because I'm telling you, the the startup uh, leaders and the entrepreneurs that we have in this community are just amazing people to begin with. They're super, super bright business minds. And I just know they're going to impress people if they happen to sit down at at the bar and have a have a drink together. Those connections, maybe not that night, maybe not that month, maybe even not that year, mm-hmm. turn into good solid business business relationships down the line. And yes, that can turn into uh, relationships that look like uh, you know angel investor relationships, or sometimes it's even just a good mentor to have. Um, you know, if a uh, startup hasn't done a lot of uh, mm-hmm. uh, lending and banking, right, and they can just have perspective from someone who's an expert in that space, that would be a win for this.
4: And company. I think a critical part is so, whoever we deem as the best uh, startup investor of the year, mm-hmm. we want to, we really want to celebrate them, want to pat them on mm-hmm. the back and give them this little trophy, which, you know, they Thank may, you. <laughs> they may or may not put on their mantle, but <laughs> at least then everybody in that room for that night and, of course, on the media knows, hey, if you do need an uh, angel investor, go to get coffee with blank, yeah, you know? At least make the call. Exactly.
0: We're going to come right back and talk more with Jason Ball, who's uh, CEO and president of the Sioux Falls Chamber of Commerce, and John Meyer, who is the CEO of Lee. Maybe we'll talk infographics later. You got time for that? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, this is the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO.
1: blow
0: away. 447 on the patrick lally show information 1000 k s o o and uh, we've been chatting here with john meyer who's ceo of lemon lee and jason ball who's president and ceo of the sioux falls chamber of commerce because they've got this cool new event that's coming up on september 13th is that when the big when's a big show jason
3: september 13th it's a thursday uh, we're going to kick it off at 5.30 p.m. Uh, with socializing, and then we'll get into the award show itself. That'll be kind of brief, because we want to get back to the serious business of socializing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's be I was gonna,
0: I'm shocked to learn there's going to be socializing. With this. <laughs> You're
4: so and, political and socializing. That's right. That's right.
0: Um, you know, I have a question about uh, entrepreneurs in the chamber, because we talked a little bit about sometimes the unlikely combination. Is it difficult to get the entrepreneurial class sometimes to see the value of being in you know, the stodgy chamber?
3: You, you know, I don't necessarily characterize it as difficult. I think I think when a, a business is young, uh, primarily they're cash sensitive and they're much more transactional in how they view uh, what a chamber does compared to, you know, some of our larger banks in the community that are trying to you know, leverage the institutionality of the chamber to accomplish more things in terms of moving this economy forward. That's things that are just kind of naturally on that type of business's mind, much more than a startup who's just trying to make it to next month, pay their payroll and, and, yeah. and grow. Um, and so, uh, y- you know, to the extent that people feel like maybe there's sometimes of a, a mismatch or a disconnection there, I think it's actually more uh, chambers in this day and age really need to change and grow in their programming. So we are, are more directly providing, um, in addition to the things that we have been doing for the community and economy, we're more directly providing things that startups uh, really want to see us doing for, for the community and the economy as well.
0: Besides an awards program and a, you know, a chance to get together and chat, what do entrepreneurs, uh, startups in general, uh, entrepreneur is, is not always the greatest word, but startup, yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh, what What do uh, new businesses really need in this community that we don't have? We talked about angel investors, but w- what else is out there?
4: I think mentorship is a big one, uh, which, and sometimes to, to your point asking Jason that question, the mentors are in Sioux Falls, the mentee... like. The pe the the people are there, but it's often just making that reaching that handout or making the connection, right? Mm-hmm. So Zeal is one of our partners, and I know they're working on building up their network of what they call entrepreneurs and residents. So internal, experienced, um, battle battle tested entrepreneurs who want to give back, mm-hmm. whether that be coffee or lunch, or um, so. I think that's one. Um, and
0: remind people what Zeal is, by the yeah, way. Yeah. So Zeal,
4: I like to think of Zeal as. Uh, I mean, I guess it. What do they say? I don't know if the hub is in the word, but like the the physical hub of entrepreneurship, which... Between Zeal and probably Queen City Bakery, it's those two places. (laughs) Um, But, you know, a physical place where entrepreneurs can go to work. And, of course, many go every day. They also are a tenant of, you would know better than me, how many companies work out at Zeal.
3: There's about 13 or 14 companies out there right now. And I'll just uh, uh, mention real quick since I jumped into Zeal was started as the South Dakota Technology and Business Center, which Mm -hmm. was established by uh, the Sioux Falls Area Development Foundation and the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce, and mm-hmm. those two entities still uh, uh, own is probably the wrong word, but still, still are, are highly connected with Zeal, and so that's another uh, just good example, I think, of an important institutional component that we've we've invested in in this uh, entrepreneurship yeah. and startup economy.
0: How, how much of a challenge is it? I mean, Zeal is out yeah. by what will be the the USD Discovery Center in Southeast Tech, and there's it's not that it's in the middle of nowhere there's stuff out there but when you talk about queen city bakery yeah. when people want the vibe mm-hmm. right have well, anybody and and the bakery the bakery which was a different organization was sure. open for a while but there there doesn't seem to be that kind of do you need anything that's sort of officially the the shared office space kind of joint uh, a zeal downtown is, is that something we're going to need at some point
4: I think it's a, it's, a, it's a tough business model because you have to grow these, these. You start as one, maybe two people in a room hacking away or, mm-hmm. or, you know, pitching their idea. And if it goes, then inevitably, if you're doing your job right, your tenants are going to leave, right? Because right. these companies are growing up. And so it is a tough model because you almost, you know, we need more space. We need less space. We need more space. But I would be a proponent of that as mm-hmm. someone who's not involved in the direction of zeal mm-hmm. i can defer that question and ask him the same thing i think it's something i know they've talked about
0: because it's probably it is a very difficult thing to run as a private entity yeah so you need some sort of institutional support and it's been mm-hmm.
4: attempted a few times and yeah, so some kind of co-working space models it's tough and it
0: hasn't worked so is that something the chamber is interested in trying to do at some point
4: yeah, absolutely and and so I'll, I'll
3: share with your listeners too that uh that I, I have the great pleasure of sitting on the zeal board um, because of my role with the chamber, and so we're we're heavily engaged in that. I can tell you, conversations about how do we get Zeal downtown um, frequently come up. Downtown is where you want that energy and that co-working type of programming space for the Zeal program. We will still need a presence uh, long term, I believe, uh, closely in proximity to, if not in, the USD Discovery mm-hmm. District. Because, as John mentioned. Uh, companies outgrow that mm-hmm. need and they and they they aren't sensitive to needing to be near the hub of of culture sure. in the city anymore they need to be out where they have the room to grow mm-hmm. and can can really start pushing on the business yeah. growth and so that that's a conversation that will take a while cool. i will just uh without getting into details there's an EDA grant that requires us to stay at that location for a few years uh moving forward
0: uh Jason Ball he is the president and ceo of the Chamber of Commerce uh uh <laughs> I, I, I fell on it i just I, I stumbled john meyer he is the uh ceo of lemonly a startup here in town well you're not even a startup anymore and the event is <laughs> hey sioux falls it's september 13th at the orpheum uh 5 social hour you can nominate until uh august 17th go to hey dot guys thank you very much for coming in it sounds exciting Thanks thank for you happens, so Patrick. much We're coming right back and tell you what's coming up on the show the rest of the week. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. There's a lot going on this weekend, people, let me tell you. August 3, 4, 5, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sioux River Folk Festival. That is the fabulous annual celebration of Americana. Music at uh, Newton Hill State Park. Three days of food, music, beverages, and more. It's presented by the South Dakota Friends of Traditional Music. For details on this event or others, go to the event calendar at KSOO.com. I love the Folk Fest. I'm hoping to be down there at least Saturday. Hey, tomorrow there's a Twins game starts at twelve ten against the Cleveland Indians. We will be here after the game for whatever time is left. Thea Miller-Ryans on call from the outdoor campus, and we'll chat about what's going on over there and some other stuff. Thursday, going on to tune in. City Councilor Greg Knightzer at 4 o'clock. Should be a good time. We're having a great week. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.